In this episode, I'm having a conversation with Alan Blaine. Alan is a former co-owner and CEO of a $40 million construction company, but through a season of challenges, adversity, and loss, Alan realized he was missing his calling and launched a life transformation coaching business, teaching others how to create passive income streams, health, and stability in their lives from anywhere in the world. Alan is an author. He is the host of the Life's Hard Succeed Anywhere podcast. And as you'll hear in this conversation, this man is full of energy. And I'm excited for you to dive in because we all have experienced traumas and disasters in our past that will sometimes impact the way that we make our decisions, both consciously and unconsciously. And Alan's life is a great example of how living with purpose will always trump achieving riches. He experienced how it felt to have nothing, and he's experienced how it felt to have everything. But what he discovered most is that without a true purpose, he couldn't consider himself truly successful. So in this episode, Alan talks about real-life value of success and how the challenges in life can turn out to be just the thing that we need to get us on the right path to find our own success. This episode with Alan Blaine starts right now. You are listening to the Dads Making a Difference podcast, the number one podcast for men driven to live a life of significance. Men who want to make a difference in the lives of their families, in their business, and in the world around them. My name is Cam Hall, founder of Fight the Dabot and leader of the Dads Making a Difference Mastermind. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Now, let's dive in. Alan, welcome to the Dads Making a Difference podcast, brother. Great to see you today. Cam, I'm excited to be here with you and have this conversation. Thank you. Man, I'm so pumped. You know, we got to speak before we did this interview. Uh, Last week, we jumped on a call and we got to connect with each other because we have something in common. We're part of a same mastermind group. And I wasn't aware of that until that call. So, you know, I always love having these conversations with guys that I know there's a connection there because the group that we're part of, I know it's full of really, really good men. And so not to put the expectations heavy on you for this conversation. <laughs> no pressure, right? No pressure. I, I, know, I know that the men who are listening to this right now are going to get massive value of this conversation. So again, thanks for being here. Um, why don't you start, Alan, by giving us a little overview of who you are, uh, what you're doing right now. And of course, like, how did you get to this point where and you've got a lot of entrepreneurial experience, family experience, you're hosting a podcast yourself. So why don't you share a bit of that with us? Right on. Yeah, happy to. And again, thanks thanks for having me. Um, I am 51 years old. I married my college sweetheart at age 20. So we'll be celebrating 31 years of marriage this year. Uh, we live in that. Thank you. We live in Nashville, Tennessee area. And uh, we have been blessed with six children. And all boys except for five of them. Um, that's my that's gonna be my humor for the episode. Okay, all boys except for five. Yeah. Uh, so I have five girls, one boy. Anyway, um, we have been an active family. Um, my background early in our years of marriage was in construction. Um, aside from a five year stint with the California Highway Patrol as a police officer, and about a year and a half with an Atlanta PD in, in Georgia. 
I spent the majority of our first 20 years of marriage in construction. So um, residential construction, that is. So we were building two, three homes a month. Uh, 2008 hit and we went from building three homes a month to zero homes a year. Um, we shifted and pivoted very quickly, thankfully, by the grace of God. By the end of 2008, we were buying homes at auction, rehabbing them, and flipping them. And by 2009, 10, 11, 12, those years, we were doing about 20 homes a month or wow. a couple hundred homes a year. Some of our best years financially were when other builders were just in the grind, 2009, 10, 11, 12, 13. Anyway, so those were some incredible years all the way through until I... In 2015, uh, a whole turn of events, and that was kind of can lead into wherever you want to take this conversation, Cam, but a lot, a very dark season in my life. Uh, my parents, after 43 years, uh, divorced. My father left my mother, left her in a deep depression. Uh, my sister ended up um, taking her life. A couple years later, my brother takes his life, very successful realtor in his own right. And um, and I made started making some poor decisions around alcohol, uh, ended up with a DUI. The guy who arrested the DUIs was in the back seat of a patrol vehicle going to jail. Uh, that led me to rehab. And through that whole season, I started really evaluating, reevaluating and evaluating what am I doing? Mm. Why am I doing it? I never signed up to go make a bunch of money. We were making, if you could imagine flipping a couple hundred homes a year, we're, we're doing very well financially. It was me, my little brother, um, and my two younger cousins. And in 2015 is when I realized I've got to do something different. I've got to do something more that, that is is what God's calling me to do, and it can't be about the money. And so that's when I shifted careers uh, totally. And by the next year, 2016, I gave my company away to my brother and my two cousins and walked away to do what I do now uh, full time. And, um, it's been the greatest decision I've ever made. So, um, that, that brings us right on up to, I know I skipped a lot there, but that brings us up to 2023 and Nicole and I, and, uh, the three children that are still living at home, our oldest are 28, 28 or 28, 27 and 25. Um, but the three teenagers that are still at home, uh, we moved to Nashville, Tennessee in 2018, where we've been now, I guess it's been five years and, just loving life and and doing life together and and doing a building a business together that we're just so pumped about. So couldn't be happier where God's brought us. Amazing. I do want to go back. I do want to <laughs> yeah. go back to that period of time because I think it is important to, you know, share a little bit of the vulnerability of what that period of time looked like for you. You know, you shared that with me on a previous call about, you know, loss in your family. Uh, both the yeah. loss of your your parents' relationship, but then the loss of siblings. And so as a dad, as a husband in that time, and as a professional who was finding a lot of success in what he was doing, what got you to the point where you were really struggling? Like, was it a pile on of these, I'm going to call them traumatic events because they're traumatic events. And they are, yeah you know, was this piling on of these events in your life, something that pushed you to make the decision to change? Or was it when you hit rock bottom, that was the push to change? Um, well, that's a good question. I think it was, you know, God used those challenges to get me to reevaluate. Like I said, just what am I doing and why am I doing it? And what is really important in life? 
And had those things not happened, I don't know, you know, I guess I'll never know. Thankfully, I'll never have to know where I might have, you know, how long I might have stayed where I was at doing what I was doing, because it just wasn't something that that I felt called to do. And there's a whole nother story of why I even ended up in that role in the first place and how. And that's probably a story time for another day, story for another day. But I don't know exactly to answer your question. I do know this. I didn't have a vision. This is what I can tell you clearly. I did not, going into that season, have a clear vision for my life. Hmm. I did not know exactly where I was going and why I was going there. I had been, it wasn't that many years before it, Cam, that I had been uh, let go. Uh, I've, I've owned businesses and not owned businesses at different points in time over the years. And I had been let go as another builder's uh, superintendent and found myself with six children, a single income that was gone at that time, very little savings. And this is like, I'm 51 now. This is not that long ago. This was at, you know, 35 years old, I think I was at the time. And, and so I, I, what my point is, is that it wasn't that many years earlier from 2015, this area we're talking about that I had nothing financially. And so just to somehow, some way I ended up on the grind in this treadmill, so to speak, making a bunch of money by God's grace, but never really taking time to sit back and go, what is it I want for my life? More importantly, what am I called to do? Where am I going and why? You know, I'd gone from desperately, I've got to make money. I've got to support my family to then making a pile of money and ended up in a place I wasn't even sure how I got there. So God used a lot of that tragedy and things to get to wake me up, to evaluate what am I doing and why, and help me create a vision for my life that I believe he's leading. I know he's leading and that therefore I could get really excited and passionate about, you know, waking up every day and, and fulfilling my duty, both as a husband and father, um, but also in my, in my business as well. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, for the guys who are watching this on YouTube or watching the video of this, and you can see a sign behind Alan and it's life's hard succeed. Anyway, tell us about that. Yeah. So I coach a lot of people in my organization. Uh, Nicole and I have built a, a business that includes thousands of people now in multiple countries. And so I do a lot of uh, group and even one-on-one coaching. And I ha- had a lot of conversations. This is going back a, just a handful of years with people that I could see their limiting beliefs. I could hear their excuses coming through on the calls. And um, I was still maybe from insecurity of the past, feeling like I need to, I needed to look better than I was and and afraid to be vulnerable. And there came a point when, uh, again, just a few years ago where God helped me break down those walls and just really start sharing more of my past and my experiences and and the list. I just I just scratched the surface there a minute a minute ago uh, with that barrage of of uh, of ha- life's hard examples. There, there's more. But when I started sharing these things with some of these people, I could see, figuratively speaking, the scales fall off their eyes mm-hmm. as they realize, wow. And you've built this kind of an organization, this sort of this successful business over the last however many years, eight years it's been now, um, while going through on the heels of and some of these things going through and some challenges we're still facing to this day, Cam. And I could see them get hope like, wow, if you can succeed financially and in a thriving, happy marriage 
and as a father and all and in your health, you know, and not be overweight and how to shape and all these things. If you can have all that while going through these challenges, then there's hope for me too. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of was the I when the idea was that God gave me the idea that Alan, you've got to get your story in a book. So it wasn't a podcast, it was a book. You've got to get your story in a book, but it's not going to just be a storybook. There's a lot of storybooks and there's a lot of people that have been through hard. It's got to be something that someone gets done reading this thing and, and, and says, man, I feel like I, I can go out there and run through brick walls. And more importantly, I have applicable, you know, not just mindsets, but strategies and things that that can help me go out there and succeed in life. And succeed is so much more than just finances to me. And I'm sure to you, Kim, I know it is to you uh, so much more than just money. You know, that's a part of it. That's a part of success. Um, so I started writing the book a couple of years ago and, 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 and by the way, that book's coming out, it's supposed to be out. I sh- we should be launching it this August, 2023, maybe September, Amazing. August, September. So I'm excited. But a year into that, I started realizing, you know what? I'm not, there's so many other people that have stories like mine, different, but stories of life's hard, but they're succeeding anyway. They can encourage so many people. Well, Alan, why don't you start a podcast? So just last September, we started the Life's Hard Succeed Anyway podcast, and it's been a blast um, getting to just bring on different guests each week and get them get to share their stories of overcoming adversity and turning that adversity into opportunity, you know, however God, you know, uses that in their lives. It's been super fun. Amazing. I want to go back to something you just said, because I think it's important. Uh, I've, I've spoken with guys when they're mapping out a dream or a goal and too often success equates with financial success and financial success only. And you were just very clear that, yeah, you can make a lot of money without being successful. So I want to ask you, what is Alan's definition of success? Yeah, well, I'm glad you asked. Um, and I'd love to share it. And you're right. You can make a lot of money without being successful. You know, I, even when I'm talking about with people, the difference between a whole life mentor, which they're few and far between, you know, someone who's got all the core components of their marriage, their parenting, their finances, their health, all these things in order where, hey, I want to follow the whole person's example. And a role mentor where it's specific to I'm following this entrepreneur, I'm following this fitness person, I'm following this whatever, but I don't want to follow marriage advice or I might be following someone for their marriage advice, but I don't want to follow their health advice, you know. They're specific for that role. I think of guys like Bezos and mm. uh, and and one of my favorites, Elon Musk, and these guys that man, these guys are brilliant entrepreneurial minds. But I don't want to. They're not my definition of success in that one area. Yes, financially, of course. In their you know in marriage, and I don't know about other areas of their life. No, no. Mm. And so for me, here's the simple simple definition. Well, I don't really have a simple definition. Here's the simple answer. At the end of my life, when I look back on my life and I'm figuratively sitting in the rocking chair, watching the sunset on my life, if I can say I've been a a good steward of the things we read about in Matthew 25 and the parable of the talents, these gifts, I mean, we read about the parable of the talents. I would just take talents to say the gifts, the talents, the abilities, and even I'll add the opportunities, because each one of us are given different opportunities based on what you, when we're born and what country we're in and all the different variables. But if, I, if I'm a good steward of those and I'm taking those that God's given me and maximizing them ultimately for his eternal glory, whatever that, wherever I am and whatever I'm doing in my family, in my business, anywhere and everywhere, to me, that's a success. 
that's the simple definition for me. That is success. Love it. I love it. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for diving into that. And I love that you have it grounded on a biblical perspective. I, re- I really do. So I appreciate that. Um, Alan, a lot of what you you shared about, you know, going through difficult times, going through trauma, going through periods of financial success and financial instability. And I'm sure in times in your marriage that that put a test in your marriage. I'm sure that as a dad at that time, it was exhausting because you're navigating your own stuff while also having to be dad, you know? And so, yeah. so many of the things you shared uh, speak to the challenges that we may face in fatherhood. Hey guys, I wanted to take a moment and talk about our community of DMD brothers in the DMD mastermind. We are men who help each other to stay focused and intentional in our pursuits of personal, professional, physical, financial, emotional, and spiritual growth. We are a community of men who bring courage, wisdom, and transparency to unfiltered conversations that challenge us to be more impactful men, to be dads making a difference. We do this through our online and in-person events where men come together to speak into each other's lives and then turn around and do the deep work to create change in their families, in their businesses, and in the community around them. If you are wondering if this community might be right for you, you can find more information on the DMD Mastermind, and you can also book a call directly with me at dmdmastermind.com. Now, let's get back to our show. What encouragement would you have for men who are listening to this right now who might find themselves in this yo-yo of, okay, I think I'm doing really great. Oh, no, I'm a, a really rock bottom here. I'm in a low. Or maybe there's no yo-yo at all. Maybe they are just like, it is the end of June when we're recording this and they are hitting rock bottom. What encouragement do you have for men, husbands, fathers out there right now to continue to push through to find their own definition of success? Are you asking Cam in the context of of the their father role? Yeah, on, based on parenting your specific yeah, or yeah, parenting specific, like based on your experiences and what you went through, what encouragement could you have for a dad right now who's maybe going through something similar? Yeah, well, you know what, I, I, I definitely got some advice. I've made plenty of mistakes, and I shared that with you on the call the other day. It's like I, I just I've made so many mistakes. I'm so grateful for new, fresh starts and new beginnings, and grace and mercy. I'm thankful that all of my children have their own free will and choice. I'm thankful to be reminded that God was the perfect father and Adam and Eve still made mistakes and sinned. You know, um, all those things make me allow me to wake up each day and say, hey, I can't change the past. Um, and maybe that's maybe that's the first advice is don't live in the past. Learn from the past. I want to learn from the past. I can look back. My 28-year-old, almost 29-year-old is living on the streets of LA, strung out on drugs and alcohol as we record this right now, mm. doing who knows what to get money to buy more. And, uh, you know, you, you could only imagine, Cam, what I could go through in my mind, knowing that was my first baby girl. Mm. And, and of course, I didn't have a relationship with the Lord for the first several years of her life. You know, my priorities were working and fishing bass tournaments and everything, but really pouring into her. Um, but there's many, many ways the devil could get in my head 
and mess with me on that and many other things, many other mistakes I've made. That's just one. I'm giving one example. And uh, I guess the thing that, you know, as I think back on her specifically and really all my children in the early years is I'm a type A driver. I'm perfectionistic. I'm harder on myself than anybody else. But that overflows as a father into my parenting if I'm not careful. And I remember I can think back to, you know, wanting so bad and especially to the younger fathers of younger children. And but but all of us, it's like I remember so bad wanting um, to have this. Would I say perfect family? No, because I, I had the head knowledge to know no family's perfect, but to have things the way I saw them that they should be, to have them dress the way I thought they should dress and talk the way they should talk and, you know, act how they should act. And yes, we should care about how our children dress and talk. I'm not saying we shouldn't, but instead of focusing so much on the outward, hmm. man, that's what I did. I focused on all the outward. And I wish if I could go back in time and, and now living in the moment with the children, they're still at home. And even my adult children, when I get to interact with them, because I still talk to this daughter and all of my six children, I have a yeah. great relationship with all of them. Um, open communication and, and good, good communication, at least with the one living on even on the streets is I want to just encourage everyone to sit and be still and listen and don't try to have all the answers and don't try to have all the advice. And believe it or not, that opens up all kinds of doors for them to want your advice mm-hmm. is what I've learned. And before yeah. I was trying to give, give, give advice all the time and it wasn't being received very well. In fact, I'm sure if anything, it probably caused damage in the way I know it did in the way I was doing it. Whereas now, and I don't do this perfectly, but I've learned if I'll just sit and listen and come alongside and be a listening ear, be super slow to judge. In fact, just don't judge. Yeah. And and listen and and be a friend. It opens up doors, and I'm not talking about with necessarily two and three year olds necessarily. My, my the context here for me is more in the 11, 12, 13, you know, the preteens and teen years. Um, it opens up doors where they're just like you, you have real quality time. Then then you can have real quality conversations. They can let their guard down and be real and want you to be a part of their life. So I, I think if that makes sense at all, I'm not sure if I'm doing a great job communicating Absolutely. it. But that's the, biggest advice and probably the biggest mistake among many that I've made, you know, and I regret and wish I could redo, you know, in, in the past. And I would just hope everybody heeds that advice. It absolutely makes sense. You know, if I was to, I'm thinking about like the adventures you've had with your kids, you know, you just, just what you shared about the relationships you've had with them and where, you know, some of them have, have found themselves right now. I think if I was to sum up what you just said, I think about presence. I think about being present as a father, being still in that moment. I love that you said that. Just be still, like be still in the moment, you know, be there, listen, be vulnerable, be open. I think those are all really important aspects of what so many guys want from this is to be a better dad. They'll come, I want to be a better dad. How do I do that? Well, that's a pretty vague question. (laughs) Like, how do I be a better dad? And, and those he, aren't natural for us, Cam. Those I know. Are, I mean, for me, like, I, I just speak for not myself. Me but I feel like I know most men to, well enough to say it's not natural for us. So right. I wish someone would have given me that advice. And I can't blame not knowing on anyone else, but I just, I just wish I could have had that advice. No, I appreciate that because I'm, I'm very conscious on this platform not to shit on people, like not to say you should do this, you should do that, because what you see. If you're watching this or listening to this, 
what you hear are two guys talking who both admit that we don't have it figured out. And we've both struggled as fathers and probably as husbands and in, as friends and professionals. And if you're listening to this, I don't want to, sh- we don't want to should on you to say you should do something because you can't measure your own journey and your own path to someone else's. But I love learning from other people and their experiences. I think there's a lot of value in that. There's a lot of hearing people's stories and being able to have a growth a growth mindset or an open mind when you're hearing someone's stories, especially guys, if you're listening to Alan right now and hearing him share his perspective on success and what it means to be a good dad, like to take that and internalize it and then do what you just said, Alan, be still with it and be present. Yeah. So I appreciate you. It absolutely makes sense. And if I could just add one more quick thing to that topic, Cam, as I look at other fathers, and this is just my perspective, but I'm thinking of a a particular father right now that's probably 60 years old, 14 children, um, all are grown, I think. Yeah, I believe all are grown. And I look at him and he was way on the side of, if there's extremes, he, he would be on the extreme of slow to speak, slow to anger, slow to judge listening ear, uh, never in a hurry, you know, those kind of qualities we were just talking about. And he has stellar. And I know it's, you know, I I could mention many people. Okay. I'm just using one on each extreme. You can't just pick one person and, and make a case with one person. I know that, but, but as many other examples I could give to, to paint this picture. And I look at him and generally speaking, those guys have much greater, uh, more effective and more influential, which is important relationship with their children. And they did when they were younger in their teen years too. But now as adults, then someone I can think of on the other extreme, similar age, many children, all grown, like no influence really in, in mm. hardly any influence in the, the his children's lives because he was the other extreme, more like I was in the early years. It was more always telling and teaching and having the, all the answers and you know, that it, it's, it, it doesn't always, if you can't do both, both are important. I guess if you can't do both, it's not going to play out well. I don't believe most of the, most of the time, every child's different. Everyone handles it differently, but that's my advice. Yeah. Appreciate that. There's a word that gets thrown out a lot when I'm speaking with other men and that, that word is legacy. Like I want to leave a legacy and I, I feel there's a lack of clarity around what leaving a legacy truly is. You already spoke to what it means to be, you know, a good dad in your perspective. You've spoken to what you equate success to be. What would you, or how would you define leaving a legacy? Let's go back to you rocking on that rocking chair for a moment, looking back at your life and measuring success. But how would you reflect on, have I left a legacy? That's a great question. Um, I've never been asked that question. So this is the first time I'm going to answer it. So we'll see how it comes out, but I know in my heart how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. And I know what I don't feel a legacy is. So let me start there because that's mm-hmm. easier. What I don't think a legacy is, is what a friend of mine, uh, uh, uh who was a former state rep and, and U S Senator candidate said, you know, he, even as a state rep, they would name bridges, uh, for people, you know, have their name on the bridge or, you know, different things. That's not, that's not, to me, that's not the kind of legacy I I care about. I I don't care about, you know, my name being on a bridge somewhere or a park being named after me or 
or whatever that I know some people to them, that would be a legacy, right? It would, the name would live on, but, but I don't really care about that. Um, I don't also care too much about leaving a pile of money to my children or my grandchildren. Um, I do, anyway, that's a whole nother topic. And I do see some, some benefit to leaving something to my children, uh, and possibly my children's children. But I also see a lot of people ruined in that second generation that were given Hmm. too much. Um, and so I'm really concerned about that. So I'm still trying to sort that out at 51 years old, but what I see very clear and I know beyond a shadow of a doubt for me, the legacy I want to leave is a legacy in people's hearts and in people's lives. I want to leave. I want the use of my life to out long outlive my life. And, and the way that does that is the only way that does that I know of is through people. And so I want to invest first and foremost into my marriage. I want to invest first and foremost into my uh, secondly into my children and then to others. And so that's a big reason of what drives me even in the business that I've chosen. When I said we've got an organization, or at least I think I did a minute ago, um, of over 10,000 people in about 10 countries. But our business is a people business. Mm-hmm. And so to build our business and every, you know, to, to, to scale it and to see every dollar I make represents somebody else's life being positively impacted to me. That's the kind of legacy I want to leave so that when I am gone, the work of my life said a different way. Maybe here's a short answer that the work of my life would go on. Mm-hmm. And that's not a name on a bridge. Mm-hmm. And that's not even necessarily a bunch of money in the bank. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but it's that the work I did while I was alive was investing into people and those people, uh, that fruit comes out of that. And hopefully for many generations thereafter. It's a beautiful answer for having one on the fly there. Like, I got <laughs> to hand it to you. I didn't know I was going to ask you that question and you didn't know I was going to ask you that question, no. but I think your answer, like you've challenged me right now. You know, you've challenged me that like, how would I answer this question? And I love what you said about impacting people. You know, I personally, I thrive on my relationships with other people. It's where I like, I'm an introvert and I recharge on my own, but I I thrive in in building relationships. And you've challenged me, like, how would I define a legacy? And I love what you said about, you know, after you're gone, well, well, what your work carry on in the people that you've, you've. Had invested contact in. with invested yeah, in invested in i think is a way to say it is what i is how i would say it even thinking on it more yeah yeah i love it um and i think now you got me challenged i'm just like what would a legacy be for me and i have a, a eight-year-old son and i would think i want my eight-year-old son to say when i'm gone or i'm not gone i want to raise my son the way my dad raised me i think that yeah. would be part of it and the people I impact, I've, I've been in education for 17 years. I hope you don't mind me sharing this because you've, you've like fired me up here. Uh, I get, I have probably in my career been in contact with over 15,000, almost 20,000 students. And I would, I would hope that my, whether it was limited or intensive interaction with those students in an administrative role has inspired them in some way to make change in their life and to positively impact other people. So. I thank you for helping me gain clarity on what leaving a legacy means. So I appreciate you. I love it. Well, no, I appreciate you, Cam, and I appreciate the questions. And what's really cool and for all of your listeners, 
I mean, most people are not asking these questions. I mean, just the fact that you're asking the questions is is helping all of us and all the listeners included have an opportunity to sit there and ponder, like, what is success to me? What is a leg- legacy to me? And these are things I wish mm. I, I would have been asked when I was 20 and 25 and 30 and 35. I, I wish I would have. I, I just feel like I could have been so much further ahead and not ahead to be beating other people, but just ahead in impact and these things that we're talking about that really matter. So I love it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you with another question. Because <laughs> right. if you talked about success and being a better dad and leaving a legacy, I got to ask you this because we love talking about growth on this podcast. As a dad, as a father, husband, right now, what is one area of growth that you're excited about or you're diving into right now? As just as, as you personally? Personal, personally, as a dad, as a husband, is there something that you're like fired up about right now or an area of growth that's got you, got you ramped up? Man, that's, I, there's so many things, actually. I, I feel like I'm a little bit overstimulated, maybe a little bit on all the areas that I'm growing in right now. In yeah. fact, I'm praying about what do I need to slow the roll down on a little bit so that I don't lose uh, effectiveness in the, in the areas God's calling me to. So, uh, but the first two things are uh, the first thing that came to mind was, was the book that I'm writing. I mean, yeah. here I am, you know, a year and a half into the process, Cam, I thought this thing would be done in six months. It obviously wasn't. And I think, like I said, I think we're just a couple months away at this point, but I have learned and continue to learn so much about writing about publishing, about cover design, about how to market a book. I mean, I still don't know what hardly I'm doing with those all those things. So it's a whole new world to me. And I am I love to learn. I love to learn. I love to learn about people. Like you, I'm an introvert. I always say I'm an introvert by birth, but I'm an extrovert by choice. I literally made the choice like that. <laughs> that I'm not going to be the shy guy in the corner. That's how I'm wired, but I want because it goes back to my you know, what I want out of life. I want to impact. I want to invest people. You can't do that being the shy guy in the corner. But um, anyway, but I love to learn. I have by nature always loved to learn. And I've just committed to being a lifelong learner. So to be learning anything that matters is exciting to me right now. It's the whole book world. Um, that and podcasting. I mean, it, it. I just started my podcast in September. So there's still a lot. I mean, 40 episodes in there's just a lot still that I'm learning and and growing in and just having a blast with that too. So those were the first two that came to mind. Amazing. Thank you for sharing. You know, that, that Absolutely. question always kind of puts guys in a point where they're a little bit vulnerable, but I, I believe it also peels back the curtain a little bit to see what's going on in your life and what you're excited about. So you have the book coming out. I can't wait till it comes out. You'll obviously let me know when that is so we can promote Absolutely. it here on the podcast, make sure our listeners in our community all know where to get it. Um, but right now, if someone wants to learn more about you, Alan, or connect with you, where can they do that? Yeah, well, I've got a, thank you for asking, uh, Cam. I've got a website and I'll, it's, it's my name. It's pretty simple, but it's, it's an odd, unique, maybe is a better word. Uh, so I didn't insult, insult my mother, uh, for naming me the way she named me, but it's, it's my name, alanblaine.com. But Alan is spelled different than 99% of Alan spell it. It's a double L a N uh, Blaine B uh, L A I N as in Nora.com. And th- that's probably the best place. Um, you know, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, 
all the Twitter, all the things. Um, so love social media, love that way to connect with people. But all those links are on the contact page of that. And in fact, um, the book, you know, it, it, there's a book tab on there too. So everything, the podcast, it's all there, alanblaine.com. Amazing. We'll make sure that Alan's contact information and all those links are in the show notes. So you, we're going to take down any barrier for you to connect with this guy, because I think you need to connect with Alan, hear more of his podcast and get his book when it comes out. Alan, I appreciate you. Thank you for taking the time today to be a guest on the Dad's Making Difference podcast. Cam, I appreciate it. It's been an honor getting to come on here with you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining me today on this episode of the Dad's Making a Difference podcast. I hope you found value in today's show. And if it made a positive impact on you, please share it with someone you know, leave a five-star review and subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. And if you are a father listening to this right now who is driven to build a life of significance, to truly make a difference in the life of your family, in your business, and in the community around you, Go to dmdmastermind.com to learn more about the Dads Making a Difference Mastermind, a mastermind group for fathers that provides men with the skills, the connections, the accountability, the proven steps, and the brotherhood to truly become a dad making a difference. I'm Cam Hall. Thank you for spending time with me today, and I will see you on the next episode of the DMD Podcast.